Okay, hi Daniel, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So you're the winner for this year's poetry contest for the journal. Can you just tell me your name, your year, your program, and where you're from? Sure, so my name is Daniel Green. I am in third year and I'm studying English and I am from Toronto. Nice. Okay, so when did you know you wanted to be a writer or when did that kind of start? I started writing, you know, when you look back on on your childhood, like I never wrote a lot as like a little kid or anything, but you kind of look at tendencies like how imaginative I was and how I, I always try to make comic books and stuff. So yeah, I've been reflecting on that a lot lately as to like how I became so obsessed with writing as a more so into my teenage years because I wasn't like a huge like writer or pleasure reader as a kid. Uh, it kind of came to me as I matured. But when I seriously started writing was my, my grade 12 writer's craft class where, you know, I wrote some poetry and I wrote stories and I thought, I just loved it. Like, it's just so, you know, it, it's just the best. It's just such a necessary expression that I didn't realize I needed. Like, I feel like if, if you're an artistic, creative person and you're not creating it, it, you can be pretty miserable without even knowing it. So, yeah, writing's really special to me, really important to me. And yeah, writer's craft is with my wonderful high school teacher, Miss DeLang. Shout out, Miss DeLang. <laughs> Um, in Toronto at Leaside High. She really, really made such a super comfortable space of like, you know, only 20 kids in the class-ish, 20, 25 kids and uh, reading each other's writing. First time I was really kind of expressing emotions seriously and, and looking into myself. And then from there, wrote a little bit and then getting into some creative writing courses with Carolyn Smart here really took my experience to like the next level. Uh, I don't know if I'm just ranting. I don't know how much I should speak. No, that's good to hear. I was going to ask, have you ever entered or won a poetry contest before or ha have you been published in any capacity? Yeah, when I was in high school in that writer's craft class, I was, you know, she was always trying to get us to submit things to high school, like student competitions and such. So it, it was like a Polar Expressions. That's the publisher's uh, name. They asked me, or they didn't ask me, Miss Lang said, like, you should submit stuff, blah, blah, blah. She was telling everybody to submit. And I had this short story that I really, really, really loved, which is I've worked on it, like, for so long over so many years that I'll, I'll get into that. But I submitted this short story, which was originally called Snow-Covered Boots, which is now called What the Stars Said. Anyway, I submitted that thinking I was going to get that published because uh, I thought it was good. And I thought that's what I had a chance with. And then, you know, you could also submit a poem. You could submit a short story and a poem. So I thought, OK, what the hell? Like, I'll just throw in this random poem that I wrote. Like, I didn't think it was anything too special, but I, I ended up... <laughs> like making some kind of short list for my poem and they rejected my short story. So yeah, so I was published in like a student poetry anthology called Ink Slide. And that was the first time I was published. And I thought, whoa, like, maybe I'm not so bad. I don't know. First year was so overwhelming that I was almost like, I didn't write that much in, in first year creatively. Once I decided I wanted to major in English, I was thinking I really wanted to start writing creatively again and get back to how much I loved it. So then I, you know, sent a story to Carolyn Smart to get in her creative writing and prose class. And once I was in that, 
I realized, whoa, I'm not as good as I thought I was at all because these kids are brilliant. Because the workshop environment and reading everyone's stuff. Yeah, so it really helped me improve so drastically. Reading other people's writing and having them critique it in a, a serious setting. So then after that, you know, one of the stories that I worked on again in that workshop was that snow-covered boots that I was trying to get published in grade 12. And the undergraduate review ended up publishing that uh, in volume 32. But that only came after like such an excellent workshop experience and like literal (laughs) years of just mulling it over and changing it so much because I knew I had some kind of emotion that I liked. It's more so like a vignette than anything, you know. After that, I've been published by the undergraduate review online again, and I have some stuff published with the Queen's English DSC, like on their student work website and such. So yeah, and now this, which is really, really awesome. Yeah, some some minor minor publications um, up my sleeve. For sure. So let's get into the poem. Can you read the poem, She Must, which is the winner for our contest? I can read the poem, She Must, which is the winner of the contest. <laughs> I'm excited to hear you read it. Okay. All right, here we go. She Must by Daniel Green. Dip into that valley of the unknown. Caress its invisible color. Swim the pond of ache. Smell its perfume. Run with the hue of red and blue. Hasten its purpling. Dance with her. You must pursue. Breathe deeply. Stop all that panting. Inhale the mists of mohair. Warm it in the droplets. Exhale those thoughts of future. Be not deceived by their tricks. Relax with her. You must be here. Learn to play those steel strings again. Finger their romance. Listen to lyrical music, harbor its heaven. Heed to her informed instruction, respect its cadence. Sing with her, you must bellow. Let the vines tangle and extend, admire their flowerings. Watch the green develop and flow, pick the roses you like. Sit on that honey yellow bench, ignore the buzzing. Grow with her, you must flourish. Offer to walk her to and fro, listen to the sound of every step. Have faith she will lead you truly, that the pathway is pitless. Touch her shoulder, feel its muscle, allow its voice. Hold her hand, you must grip tight. Leave to the place you ventured from, find your chair. Untie those tight laces, ease their tension. Release your kind hold on her waist, lament its decree. Let her go, she must be free. I love that. Thank you for reading it. (laughs) Okay, so can we go into what inspired the poem? Like, what emotional state were you in? Did it just come out from real experience? Like, where did it come from? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm totally fine talking about that. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, poetry, as Wordsworth puts it, is uh, emotion recollected in tranquility. And it's, it's very much an emotion that I was feeling at the time. And I'm in a a relationship that I'm very happy with right now. But this came when I started writing it, like literally earlier this month (laughs) Uh, or in earlier September. I went on a date with a girl and I was like, that was really good. Like, I really, really like this person. But I was like, "Mm." I started to kind of get nervous because I was thinking, you know, chances are, you know, not not, relationships don't really often last forever. And I kind of was like anxious about it. And I was thinking, I I just have to learn to like let go kind of. So 
when I write in the second person and I write with this imperative tone, I'm, I was almost talking to myself and just learning it's okay. Whatever happens, happens, you know, like people just have to take a deep breath and learn to let go. Yeah. As a reader, I completely got that. I mean, I felt like it was romance intertone with all the stanzas and then there was like a clear sense of feeling but the sense that you have to let go so i'm glad that's what you intended i noticed you use a lot of natural imagery so you use vines roses valleys is this present in your other writing or is it just in this poem do you think hmm i definitely like writing about nature in the sense like in my what the stars said I'm very much interested in stars. Like, I like writing about stars because they're such a... have an inarticulatable beauty of some sort that, you know, we we just can't even... I can't even comprehend. In my other story, What the Stars Said, I talk a lot about nature, but in a negative light with it being so cold and destructive and the snow is piercing and like a cobweb of frost on the speaker's face and such. So I really like like feeling nature when I'm writing. That's that's interesting that you used it in like a negative light in your short story, but here it kind of builds the romantic theme a little bit. Yeah. It's really if I'm being like totally honest, I don't I don't know how much I should reveal. Like I don't want to ruin the reader's experience yeah. if they find out how personal it is. Like, let's just say, you know, that yellow bench, it's on Queens campus, you know, and those, and those, and those vines, those vines are in front of the yellow bench. There's some vines. So it's just, it was just all in my head. I was just thinking about the vines sitting there, thought about them as a metaphorical kind of growth. And so that whole stanza is like very, very real. It's all, it's all real. You know, it's, it's fiction and it's not fiction. I, I think she doesn't even necessarily have to be a human being. We have to learn to let go of of jobs, friends, experiences. Like, it's just, you have to learn to let go in order to live a, a truly happy life, you know? It's very much a universal, like, symbolic metaphor that I've tried to create, but have done so using personal, emotional, romantic experience. I love that. I love that that is actually on Queen's campus, so you can go look for the yellow bench if you want. You can go look. Okay. So I was, okay, I was also going to ask, with a lot of poetry that I've seen recently, it's free verse, and there doesn't really seem to be a structure. But with you, it's it seems very structured. So there's phrase, comma, another phrase, phrase, comma, another phrase. And all the stanzas are similar in length. So is that something that you tried to do, or did it just come naturally? Yeah, I specifically tried to build structure and rhythm. Uh, I actually wrote this for my current creative writing class that I'm in. The assignment was lyrical poetry. So I was like really, I drafted this so many times. So it's it's one of those things where it took me so many hours, like a ridiculous amount of time to where I thought, I don't even know if it's noticeable how much, like it's just, you know, so many drafts where I originally started and I had a strict syllable structure where there would be like 12 syllables in the first section of the line and then like eight syllables would follow after the comma. So I had it all the syllables perfect, but I was using words that were just boring. Like I was just saying things were serene or saying that they were, I don't know. I was just saying nice words without like painting a picture that feels nice. So I thought, so I I workshopped it with some friends 
one of my friends said nobody nobody notices the syllables like he's like i i tried writing strict syllable patterns before and it's it's just not even like worth it so there's an original feel for the rhythm and length and i still tried to stick to it kind of but i did end up breaking those those syllable patterns but it, it still has rhythm like i i really came to an understanding that syllables don't equal rhythm necessarily like i felt like when i read it out loud right now it's it's very much a poem that I think can be read out loud and can be maybe music and but behind it at a certain pace. So yeah, so it, it definitely has structure. It, it's maybe some kind of ballad of some sort. No. Yeah, I mean, I get that vibe. I got that vibe when you were reading it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, I'm going for. I use a bit of rhyme, but I, I didn't want to make it a rhyming poem because I think it's a rhyming Poetry can often just sound like a nursery rhyme. So I, I thought a nice rhyme at the end and in the beginning worked. And otherwise, just having rhythm and pace and flavorful language was most important. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love the poem. That's all the questions I have for right now. So thank you so much for chatting and reading the poem. I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much and congrats on winning. No, yeah, thank you. Thanks to the Queen's Journal big time. <laughs> I'm super, super happy about this. Perfect, I'm glad. Awesome. I'm here with Sabrina, the winner of this year's short story contest for the journal. Um, Sabrina, can you just tell me your full name, your year, and your program? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Sabrina Fielding. I'm in fourth year con ed uh, studying French. Nice, and where are you from? I'm from a small town just north of Toronto called Alliston. It's okay. well known for potato farming. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. And when did you know that you wanted to be a writer or when did you start in your creative process in terms of writing? Basically as long as I can remember. Um, I've been interested in writing. I used to write short stories and start long stories but never finish them when I was a little kid. And But I really kind of became serious about it when I was a teenager. I think, you know, it's a very tumultuous time emotionally so it was always a good outlet to to have so that's really exciting have you ever entered or won a short story contest before or is this your first win i've have um a couple times one in the region like some uh, south simcoe where i live where i've entered and won that a few times and i had a short story published in a magazine in montreal last year or two years ago maybe and so it's always been something i've been interested in and so i was very excited to win this one as well course that's so exciting so i'm gonna ask you could you read an excerpt of your short story the red swimsuit that you like one of your favorite passages maybe yeah for sure so this one is kind of a little bit towards the beginning there was something mesmerizing in watching them they were maybe 17 hardly distinguishable from one another all flailing noodly limbs and jagged camaraderie massed as insults I found something thrilling in glimpsing the tufts of dark hair crawling out from beneath their arms, bodies of bone and sinew and uneven tan. Don't be a fucking pussy, one boy crowed, shoving his friend forward. The boy let out a primal wail. One of them, a boy with sun-streaked hair and a shiny scar etched across his shoulder, glanced my way and whispered something in the ear of the boy beside him. My face reddened and I looked away, something jumping in the pit of my stomach. I decided I liked it being noticed by older boys. By any boys, really. Landon and Vaughn sure didn't notice me. I wouldn't have wanted them to anyway. They were different, any shiny novelty worn away by the years of familiarity. There wasn't anything exciting about Landon's train track teeth and soft stomach, Vaughn's fraught, pale, freckled complexion. The other boys seemed a different breed, a lifetime older than my two best friends. Wow. 
Okay, I love that passage. What really resonated with me about this story was Angelica, the main character, kind of growing into her femininity and sexuality at this awkward age where you start noticing others as romantic beings. How do you think the themes of womanhood or age and femininity play into the story? Yeah, that was definitely um, a big sort of inspiration, a source of inspiration for me when I was writing this. And I think I really wanted to encapsulate sort of the feeling that a lot of girls, I think, go through when they're young teenagers, where you're in this sort of body that's kind of new and you don't really feel that comfortable in yet necessarily. And a lot of people start to see you as being more mature, but inside you still feel young and kind of having to navigate the beginning of teenagehood and adulthood and those feelings that are really overwhelming of you know being interested and attracted to people and kind of trying to come across as being grown up or you know attractive to other people but really inside you still feel pretty young so I think that was something that I you know everything I think I experienced that for sure when I was young and I think for a lot of people that can kind of be a universal experience for sure what was your writing process for this particular story? Did you take inspiration from your own life? Was it inspired by events when you were this age, like 14, 15, I'm assuming? Yeah, it was kind of a mix of um, a lot of things. So I originally wrote this story, or the first draft of this story, um, after going camping a few summers ago. And I just was seeing these two boys who looked about 14 and a girl who looked about the same age. But I just noticed like, she was still kind of trying to like keep up with the boys mentally, but then I also noticed that she seemed to kind of trying to be a little bit more grown up, kind of putting on this exterior of trying to act like, you know, these boys were so much more immature than she was, even though you could tell they were like family friends that had grown up together. And so I really felt like, wow, I remember being that age and it feels like you just want to come across as, as being serious and grown up and like you just want to be sort of accepted by that older age group I think. A hundred percent like I I think at that age the coolest thing is to be noticed by older boys and I think that you captured that so well in this story just that excitement and thrill and like, oh my god he's looking at me and I'm so young. <laughs> exactly I remember that feeling so distinctly it's like wow is he really kind of noticing yeah. Exactly yeah so I want to ask what intrigues you about this period in our development or adolescence? So I would say kind of as I mentioned before I think there's so much that's going on around you and it's usually around the start of high school too which is kind of a a tough time to begin with but then also sort of growing up and coming into this time where you are like I said before like kind of a new body and with all the changes like mentally and physically that come along with that and I think you know having to bridge the gap between being a kid and still mentally feeling like a kid but then being seen by other people as adult or more grown up and not necessarily being ready for that but having to accept that now I love that so the title of your story is the red swimsuit which is kind of a central theme and image in the story what do you think it represents to you as the author so I think for me it represented you know the kind of that bridging the gap between like childhood and adulthood so I think you know I think I can remember buying like a a bathing suit around that age that was kind of a little bit more maybe risque and my mom kind of being like oh I don't know about that but I was so you know like no 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 I this is a teenage bathing suit like this is this is the one that I I need now because I'm a teenager and so I think for me that kind of represented her moving into that next stage of her life. 
Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, I got that vibe in the story when, you know, her dad gives her a look and then looks away because what do you really say as a parent in that situation other than, right. oh God, like <laughs> they're trying to grow up. Exactly. So I love that. So Nathan, the the arts editor, and I both had a couple descriptions of what your short story kind of meant to us and mine I described it as a candid portrayal of the desire excitement and fear surrounding sexual sexualization at a young age that many girls including myself have grappled with do you think that this kind of aligns with the intention of your story or what theme that you were going for that's a really good um, point that I kind of wanted to also touch on was just that even though she's kind of feeling like maybe I am ready I think there's also that I wanted to focus on the guy's perspective that you know she sort of meets up with or is hanging out with because he is this older boy who is not necessarily taking advantage of but a little bit kind of taking advantage of a girl who's quite young and you know not necessarily uh, in that next stage yet and so for a lot of girls they kind of feel that pressure to to act more grown up for guys who are maybe older or more like mature and I think that should be something that should be highlighted because it's not I don't know it shouldn't be their responsibility to, to act more grown up than they really are yeah that's really interesting in terms of your writing process now like what are you excited about what have you been working on like are you still in the genre of short stories or do you also write poetry I definitely I'd say short stories are probably my favorite genre right now especially I think they're really fun to just kind of capture a moment in time so I've been kind of fiddling with some ideas I guess I find taking perspectives of people that I wouldn't necessarily or that you maybe overlook I really like kind of taking that on so I've been kind of writing from perspectives that are maybe a little different like people who are older than me or younger than me or who have lived a completely different experience I find that just very entertaining but I also do write a little bit of poetry I haven't really done anything with poetry it's more sort of I feel like that's a good way to sort of get your emotions out and your thoughts. Nice. That's so exciting. A couple of last things. Nathan and I both, a moment that stuck out to us in the story was at the beginning when she's on the cliff with the two boys and they jump in, but she kind of doesn't. Did that mean anything to you? Did that represent something in the story? I think for me when I was writing it, it made me sort of think about, you know, what... Like at that age, you know, how you would portray yourself as being a grown-up. Like, what could you do to say, like, oh, I'm way beyond this. Like, I'm too mature for this now. And I think I wanted to depict that, like, this is something that she would have done in previous years. This is something that, you know, she and her two best friends would have jumped off years before she wouldn't have cared, you know, if anyone was watching. But now it's almost like this whole new sense of self-awareness that she's forced to deal with. She feels like, oh, I can't jump in because I don't want to be seen as X. That kind of, that's what I really wanted to highlight. So like a shift into what are other people going to think of me or perceive me as rather than what, do I, what am I going to perceive myself as? Exactly, exactly. Nice, exactly. that's really, really cool. That's all the questions that I have for you today. I loved this story. I loved reading it. It's on our website for anyone that wants to read it. And thank you for chatting with me today. Thanks so much for having me. Perfect. Produced by Lauren Thomas and Francesca Lim, and executive produced by Rachel Heisinga and Matt Skase.